Well, hi there, I'm Sam Waldron, and in this episode of 45 RPM Music of the 40s and 50s, I'm going to introduce you to seven standout performers from those two decades. Every one of them put their stamp on popular music and left us with some great recordings, and each one has an interesting story. In each case, we're going to listen to two of their recordings. And when we're done, you'll know more about Hank Williams, Ella Fitzgerald, Pat Boone, Mel Torme, Connie Francis, Nat King Cole, and the popular singing group The Platters. And there's more. Just when you're not expecting it, we're going to have a bonus story about somebody you've probably never heard of. Well, let's start with Pat Boone. Boone sold more records in the 1950s than anybody except Elvis Presley. He was extremely versatile. He recorded country music, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, love ballads, and gospel. His good looks and squeaky clean image appealed to lots of young people and their parents, too. In high school, Boone performed in drama productions. He played on the baseball, basketball, and track teams. He was a reporter for the school paper, and he was elected student body president. And just a few years out of high school, while he was still in college, he signed a million-dollar-a-year contract with ABC TV, that would be more than $10 million today, and launched a popular weekly variety show called the Pat Boone Chevy Showroom. Meanwhile, he was raising a young family, making movies, selling millions of records. Over the years, Boone has released more than 70 albums, and by far the best-selling one among all of them came out in 1958. It was full of songs that we now think of as belonging to the great American songbook. Here's a track from that album that shows off Pat Boone's singing voice. It's called Deep Purple. When the deep purple falls over sleepy
singing Deep Purple. Soon after he graduated from high school in Nashville, Boone married Shirley Foley, daughter of country singer Red Foley. Although country wasn't really his thing, Boone dabbled in it. Here's an example, his cover of a million-selling song written and recorded by Ernest Tubb in 1941. performing and speaking almost always with a smile on his face, and now at the age of 88. Today we're focusing on seven iconic performers, and among the handful of true megastars, one of the brightest was Ella Fitzgerald, a towering force in jazz and pop music for nearly half of the 20th century. She had a natural talent as a performer. Starting in the third grade, she would dance and sing whenever she could get an audience. When she was 15, her mother died, and she started skipping school. Ella Fitzgerald got into some pretty serious trouble with the law and went to a penitentiary at one point, but somehow she managed to escape 
and wound up homeless on the streets, at one point earning money as a lookout for a bordello. But gradually, the world noticed her singing talent. When she was just 17, she showed up one night at Harlem's Apollo Theater. For amateur night, she sang two songs and won first prize. One thing led to another, and the following year she recorded a children's song called A Tisket, A Tasket. That record became so popular, it was later identified as one of the best-selling songs of the whole decade of the 1930s. Fitzgerald and her very first big hit record. Over the next couple of decades, Fitzgerald became known around the world for her sense of humor and her impeccable diction. Her concerts were sold out almost before they were scheduled, and virtually every big-name star wanted to record with her. In 1946, she and Louis Armstrong teamed up to cover a popular Doris Day hit record, and the two of them got a top-ten hit out of the deal. This is called you won't be satisfied until you break my heart. Oh, you won't be satisfied until you break my heart. 
never satisfied until the teardrops start. I tried to shower you with love and kisses, but all I ever get from you is nagging and bragging. My heart is sagging. The way you toss my heart around's a crying shame. I bet you wouldn't like it if I did the same. You're only happy tearing all my dreams apart. Oh, you won't be satisfied until you break my heart. No, you won't be satisfied until you break my heart. Never satisfied until the teardrops start. I tried to shower you with love and kisses, baby. All I ever get from you is nagging and bragging. My poor heart is sagging. The way you toss my heart around is a crying shame. I bet you wouldn't like it if I did the same. Only happy tearing all my dreams apart. Babe, you won't be satisfied until you break my heart. Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. I'm Sam Waldron. You're listening to 45 RPM music of the 40s and 50s. We have five more performers to spotlight today, and each one of them richly deserves at least a whole hour. That's certainly true about Hank Williams. He was an iconic country performer whose influence lived a lot longer than he did. Williams was born and raised in Alabama. He started performing on the radio when he was 14, Like Frank Sinatra, he couldn't read music, but despite that, he became a member of the Louisiana Hayride Radio Program and the prestigious Grand Old Opry in Nashville. Despite his money and fame, by the time Williams was in his mid-twenties, he was dealing with alcoholism and chronic back pain that soon led to overuse of some strong pain medications. So, he had impeccable credentials to write and sing the blues. Here's one of his hits. It's called You Win Again. The news is out all over town that you've been seen a running round. 
I know that I should leave, but then I just can't go. You win again. This heart of mine could never see whatever God in you but me. Just trust in you was my great sin. What can I do? I'm sorry for your victim now Cause soon his head like mine will bow But all in vain And someday say You win again You have no heart You have no shame You take true love And give the blame that I should not complain I love you still you win again Hank Williams from 1951 in 1952 the grand old Opry gave Williams the boot saying he just couldn't be counted on to show up for the program's required performances every Saturday night. Meanwhile, his health kept going downhill, and in the summer of 1952, he wrote and recorded a song that turned out to be the last single released during his lifetime. Chet Atkins was playing lead guitar when this recording was made. He later said Hank Williams was so weak that he couldn't sing more than a few lines at a time, before he had to collapse into a chair to catch his breath. The song's title apparently was intended to be humorous, but as things turned out, that wasn't the case. It was called, I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive. The record became a number one country bestseller shortly after Williams died on New Year's Day 1953, as his heart gave out while he was being driven to a concert. Fishing poles broke, the creek is full of sand. My woman run away with another man. No matter how struggle and strive, I'll never get out of this world alive. My distant uncle passed away and left me quite a batch. 
And I was living high until the fatal day A lawyer proved I wasn't born I was only hatched Everything's against me and it's got me down If I jumped in the river I would probably drown No matter how I struggle and strive I'll ever get out of this world alive She's afraid to come out of the water And I wonder what she's gonna do Now she's afraid to come out of the water And the poor little girl's turning blue Two, three, four, tell the people what she wore It was an itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny yellow polka dot bikini That she wore for the first time Yes, there. 
Okay, that might have been a bit of a surprise. Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini, a big hit for Brian Highland. But Brian Highland is not the reason I just played that. The reason is a guy named Paul Vance. Paul Vance? You've never heard of him? Well, I hadn't either until I learned of his death in 2022. Vance was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1929. He eventually wrote more than 300 songs, and some of them made the top 40 charts. There's more to this story, as we'll see right after we listen to another song that Paul Vance wrote. This one became a hit for Perry Como in 1957. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day For love may come and tap you on the shoulder Some starless night Just in case you feel you want to hold her You'll have a pocket full of starlight Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day For love may come and tap you on the shoulder Some starless night and just in case you feel you want to hold her You'll have a pocket full of starlight Pocket full of starlight <laughs> Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy day Troubles start multiplying And they just might It's easy to forget them without trying With just a pocket full of starlight Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade away Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy day. One of Perry Como's signature songs, Catch a Falling Star. That was written by Paul Vance. Among his other songs were one recorded by Johnny Mathis called What Will My Mary Say? In 1964, a group called the Shangri-Las had a popular record called Leader of the Pack. Vance decided to have a little fun with that, so he wrote a spoof called Leader of the Laundromat, and he helped get it recorded by a group called the Detergents. Vance also wrote a song called What's Going On in the Barn and Playground in My Mind, which became a top-selling record in 1973 for Clint Holmes. However, Vance's most famous song was the one we heard a few minutes ago, 
itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. Now fast forward to 2006, Paul Vance is 76 years old, still very much alive, and a local newspaper in Connecticut publishes an obituary of a man named Paul Van Valkenburg. Van Valkenburg had apparently told his family that he wrote Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini, and that's what the newspaper was told. The Associated Press picked up the story after checking with the widow. She said her husband always claimed he had written that song, but sold the rights to it many years earlier. Soon after that, Paul Vance, the real author of the song, saw a local TV station reporting his death. Never a very good thing, I guess. So Vance contacted the New York Times, saying he was considering filing a lawsuit to set the record straight so he could continue getting royalty payments. Vance was quoted as saying, Believe me, if they think you're dead, they ain't going to send the money. Still ahead this hour, more interesting stories and music by Connie Francis, Mel Torme, The Platters, and Nat King Cole. I'm Sam Waldron, your host on 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s. In today's show, we're focusing on a handful of standout performers. Every one of them deserves at least a full hour. Next up, a terrific musician named Mel Torme. He sang. He played drums in Benny Goodman's band. He formed his own band. He wrote several books. He coached other stars. And he wrote some songs that are still perennial favorites. Torme became a regular on the radio before he was 10. He wrote his first song at the age of 13, and when he was 16, he wrote a song called Lament to Love, which became a 1941 hit for band leader Harry James and was successfully recorded by several other bands. Clearly, this was a guy who was going places. Torme's voice was smooth like velvet, and his delivery was deliberate. You can notice that in this 1947 recording of a Jerome Kern song called In Love in Vain. It's only human for anyone to want to be in love. But who wants to be in love in vain? At night you hang around the house And eat your heart out And cry your eyes out And rack your brain You sit and wonder Why anyone as wonderful as she should cause you such misery and pain I thought that I would be in heaven But I'm only up a tree Cause it's just my luck to be in love in I thought that I'd have easy sailing 
but instead I'm all at sea Cause it's just my luck to be in love in vain Crooner Mel Torme and In Love in Vain Torme appeared in almost two dozen movies he was an advisor to Judy Garland on her 1960s television shows, and over his career, he wrote more than 300 songs. One of them is called The Christmas Song, and it's been recorded in more than 1,700 versions. That's the one that goes, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Torme was attracted to jazz, I think you'll hear that, in this recording called Oh Ba La La. La Torme won Grammy Awards for two albums. Early in 1999, just a few months before his death, he received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. 
Today we're featuring a select group of 40s and 50s performers, and nobody who was a teenager in the 1950s could have missed Connie Francis. She was born in Newark, New Jersey in 1938. Her given name was Conchetta Franco Nero, and she seemed to have music in her blood. When she was 12, she entered and won the Arthur Godfrey TV Talent Scouts contest, and she was a performer on that show for four years as a preteen and a teenager. Along the way, she signed a deal with MGM Records, and Arthur Godfrey said she should change her name to something he could pronounce, and that's how she came to be known as Connie Francis. Her very first recording was called Freddie. It's not bad, but if you've never heard it, you're certainly not alone. That song went nowhere, and so did most of the other things she recorded under her mid-50s contract with MGM. But in 1957, her father persuaded her to record a very old song called Who's Sorry Now? Connie Francis hated that song, but she gave in because she knew it was the very last thing she'd ever have to do under that MGM recording contract. Soon after she belted out the song in the recording studio, she dutifully sang Who's Sorry Now? on American Bandstand, the TV program. Suddenly, the recording became a million-selling hit, to the surprise of everybody, it seems, except her father. Connie Francis and her breakthrough hit song, Who's Sorry Now? In 1959, she put out another record, 
that made it to number five on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States and peaked at number three in Great Britain. Here's Connie Francis and Lipstick on Your Collar. Lipstick on Your Collar by Connie Francis. Well, so far this hour, we've listened to three successful crooners, Pat Boone, Mel Torme, and Perry Como. And now here's a fourth, a man who had what I regard as a million-dollar voice. His name was Nat King Cole. He emerged in the 1940s as a pianist and leader of a jazz act called the King Cole Trio. He had a hit record in 1940 called Sweet Lorraine, but until the mid-1940s, Nat King Cole's career seemed to just be stuck in a rut. But one day in 1946, Opportunity literally walked in his front door. Cole had an appointment with a young songwriter from Pennsylvania. The man and his wife had just driven across the country having fun working out some lines that they thought might make a cute song. The lyrics were about a highway they had driven from Chicago to Los Angeles, a road called Route 66. Cole immediately loved that song, and his recording became a big hit. That recording put both Nat King Cole and Route 66 on the map.
if you ever plan to motor west travel my way take the highway that's the best get your kicks on route 66 it winds from chicago to l.a more than two thousand miles all the way get your kicks on route 66 now you go through st louis joplin missouri and oklahoma city looks mighty pretty you'll see amarillo gallup new mexico flagstaff arizona don't forget winona kingman boston san bernardino won't you Get hip to this timely tip When you make that California trip Get your kicks on Route 66 66, the recording that propelled Nat King Cole into the national spotlight. Despite his obvious talent, his good nature, and his success at selling music across racial lines, Cole ran into a lot of discrimination. He did his best to avoid offending people, but the effort was not entirely successful, and you can read about this online if you like. Eventually, Cole was honored with a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, and, in 2007, he earned a place in the Hit Parade Hall of Fame. In the mid-1950s, Cole became the first African-American to host his own regular TV show, but the network just couldn't find a regular sponsor. When the show was canceled, Cole said, Madison Avenue is afraid of the dark. In January 1964, Cole was a guest on the Jack Benny TV show. He was introduced as the best friend a song ever had. Cole's very last top ten hit was this upbeat summertime recording, one that you'll still hear sometimes in the background at parties and other occasions. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Those 
days of soda and pretzels and beer. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Dust off the sun and moon and sing a song of cheer. Just fill your basket full of sandwiches and weenies. Then lock the house up. Now you're set. And on the beach you'll see the girls in their bikinis As cute as ever, but they never get them wet Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer Those days of soda and pretzels and beer Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer You'll wish that summer could always be Driving are some romantic movie scene. Why, from the moment that those lovers start arriving, you'll see more kissing in the cars than on the screen. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer, those days of soda and pretzels and beer. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. You wish that summer could always be here. You wish that summer could always be here. You wish that summer could always be here. From 1963, Nat King Cole and those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. That record rose to number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Cole had the potential to become an icon of pop music decade after decade, but by the early 1960s, his health was catching up with him. He'd been a smoker for much of his life, and in February 1965, he finally succumbed to lung cancer. Fortunately, Cole left us with many hundreds of recordings and that million-dollar voice. I'm Sam Waldron. You're listening to 45 RPM music of the 40s and 50s. Today we're focusing on seven very successful recording artists. And now I want to turn the spotlight on a black singing group whose music was familiar to millions of teenagers. They were called the Platters, and from 1955 to 1967, they had 40 singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Many young people, and I was one of them, learned to slow dance to their recordings in the 50s. I remember a weekend in the late 1980s when I was a guest at a 25th high school class reunion. I noticed the dance floor was deserted, and I guessed the reason. The young DJ had just been playing music that he knew, but it was not of the same era. So I walked over and suggested a simple thing. I guaranteed it would get people dancing right away, and I told him if it didn't work, I'd give him $10. I gave him the name of the song, he put it on the turntable, and within just a few seconds, almost as if somebody had made an announcement, people got up from their tables and filled that dance floor. 
Here are the platters with their magic sound. You've got the magic touch. Ooh. It makes me glow so much. Ooh. It casts a spell. It rings a bell. The magic touch. Oh, when I feel your charm. It's like a form alarm. You make me thrill so much. You've got the magic touch. From 1956, The Magic Touch, which reached number four on the pop chart. And that same year, the Platters had a huge hit with My Prayer. When the twilight is gone ah. And no songbirds are singing ah. When the twilight is gone ah. You come into my heart and here in my heart you will stay while I pray. My the day in a dream that's divine And your lips 
close to mine and a recording that always takes me right back to 7th grade dances and the school gym. Obviously, there are lots more interesting stories about popular music from the 40s and 50s, but we're out of time today. I'm Sam Waldron, and from all of us at 45 RPM, here's wishing you a good day, a good week, and so long for now. <laughs>